Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, stone shop owners from across the Fruited Plain and beyond, this is the Fab Lab Podcast, and I am your host, Aaron Crowley, tuning in with you for a rather uncomfortable topic here. Starting a little series on safety. Yeah, that topic. Well, this is episode 148, Near Misses and Close Calls. <laughs> I'm going to share some stories of near-death experiences that I had and that happened in my shop and it kind of kicks off this series talking about the danger, the risk of material handling on the front end, the silica and the coming silicosis storm and the material handling on the back end during installation, the countertops that seem, you know, light to most people. We're going to talk about that. I've got a couple of really great interviews lined up talking about the silicosis issue, the OSHA regulations, the higher standards that are coming down to our industry like a freight train. They cannot be escaped. Reality is upon us, and uh, we got to understand, we got to recognize we got to keep this topic. I've done 146 episodes and never talked about safety here on the Fab Lab podcast. And what a glaring omission. What an almost inexcusable um, oversight. And I think partly due to the fact that it's uncomfortable. I haven't been an owner of a stone shop in over a year now. When I start talking about things like safety, like slab handling, when I start remembering those near-death experiences that men had in my shop, it makes me really, really uncomfortable. And the tendency is to, I'll talk about that later on. Uh, let's deal with that tomorrow. I just kind of want to put that out of my mind. As I hear about the silicosis lawsuits, the class action lawsuit that is uh, uh, underway right now, and the the new information on courts and the silica content in quartz and just the risk and the danger that it poses to the people in stone shops, it makes me really uncomfortable. I don't particularly enjoy this topic, and I'm guessing you probably don't either. Maybe this episode will get like three listens, um, me and the producer, uh, you know, and my wife perhaps. But I got to tell you, folks, ladies and gentlemen, this this is important. This is as important, if not more important, than any other topic we've ever talked about here on the Fab Lab Podcast. And so on this episode, to kind of kick off the series, I'm going to share a couple of personal experiences and share every account that I can recall of near-death slab handling experiences. There are five of them that occurred in my shop over the five years. So I want to kick it off. The two, well, the two that occurred before I started my shop, the first one was my first personal near-death experience, probably within the first year of working in the industry, went to work for a shop in the early 90s, 1993, and this company was unique in that it was a residential fabricator, but it was also owned by a guy that owned a huge commercial contracting business that did exterior cladding, you know, granite and limestone cladding on high-rise buildings all over the country and all over the world. So he was way ahead of his time. He was importing 3CM slabs into the Oregon market, you know, a decade before it actually hit, you know, mainstream. So we would get these containers in. And they were like canvas topped or open topped containers, and they all came in bundles, you know, like six, I guess, six slabs in a bundle, 3CM. And out on the back end of this shop, this production facility, was a big concrete building, and it had these loading docks, you know, like four feet down. And then you had an asphalt, basically, parking lot behind a gate. And that's where we had all the remnants, which where we had all this, the overflow slabs. And that's where we would unload these containers. In this one particular situation, we had staged. You know, I don't know what it was, 5, 10, 15 bundles of 3CM slabs up this very slightly sloping asphalt, you know, parking lot towards the building where there was a run 
of A-frames that had individual slabs on them. You know, just the old school wooden A-frames probably had five or six slabs on either side. And so slowly we were just picking up those bundles, putting them in the big steel cradle, breaking the wood off, and then staging the slabs one at a time. Well, we had moved through all those bundles and we got to the very last bundle that was staged right next to an actual A-frame that had individual slabs on it. And on those on that A-frame, those slabs were Azul Imperial. I'll never forget. And you're about to hear why. What I didn't know at the time, either the forklift operator failed to mention it or he did mention it and I was either too ignorant to understand what he was talking about or I didn't hear him. Either way, this is what happened. Because that asphalt parking lot had a very slight slope sloping away from the building when those slabs had been or those bundles had been staged next to each other they'd each been nailed off to the next bundle so all those bundles were effectively connected because it was on a slight slope well the very last bundle what i didn't know was tied off to that first a-frame that had the slabs of azul imperial on that side of them but what i didn't know when i was Hooking the cables, we had these big steel cables with the loops, and we would put a cable on one side of the, 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 the bundle and a cable on the other side, put the loops up over the forks, put a clamp on the end of the forks, tilt the forks back, and then lift the bundle up, and then we move it and put it into the cradle. Well, what I didn't realize was that last bundle had been tied off, but it wasn't tied off to, like, the top of that A-frame. That rope went off of the wood, you know, nailed together at the top of the bundle. It went back towards the A-frame, and it went over those slabs on that side of the A-frame and was tied off at the base of the A-frame. I didn't see it. So the forklift driver who had tied it off, turned out, I get the cables on. I'm like, yeah, it's all good, man. Go ahead and lift it up. Well, when he lifted that bundle up with those steel cables on the forks, it tightened that rope that I didn't know was there. It basically snapped it, you know, taut. And when that rope tightened, it basically pushed those six, five, six, seven slabs of Azul Imperial. It, it, it kind of catapulted them. That rope basically pulled towards the bundle, so they flung, leaning against the A-frame, they flung the other direction as I'm standing right there next to this bundle. All of a sudden, in a nanosecond, before I even had time to understand what was happening, that rope got tight. It flung those slabs off the A-frame and into the bundle. The bundle crashed away into the cage of the forklift or the big rack that runs the forks up. And all those five, six, seven slabs, boom, instantaneously are like at my feet. Now, I was so new to the industry. I was so new to fabrication. I, I, I don't think, looking back, I do not think I appreciated in that moment what had just happened. I'm pretty sure my thought was, oh, no. Number one, how did that just happen? And I'm most likely going to lose my job because I bet those were expensive. I think that was my thought. And I recall moments later, maybe five minutes later, as we were starting to pick up that Azul Imperial gravel that had once been five or six slabs and throw it into the dumpster, I remember the owner standing in that loading bay looking down on us with a very unhappy look on his face. Now, maybe he was worried about our physical health and the prospect of the fact that I'd almost just died. But I always remember thinking, I think he's torqued off and I probably won't have a job when this is over because I bet that was really, really expensive. So that was my first near-death experience. Neither of us ever really came to an agreement. I should have probably seen the rope and that guy probably shouldn't have tied it off that way. Nonetheless, slabs on the ground in a nanosecond. Had I been standing in the way, there's no possible way I could have got out of the way in time. It happened too fast. I would have either been crushed between those slabs when they hit that bundle that was hanging off the forks, or I would have been underneath the slabs on the ground, flat. 
Um, and you know what happens. You've seen the videos, folks. You've seen them on the forums. It happens. That was my first brush with death in the stone industry. Then about five years later, I was very close to another near-death experience. Same situation. I just happened to not be involved directly. I was a measure-up technician at that point. I had just gotten back to the shop. This company had moved into a beautiful, huge building. All the slabs were inside now, but the process was the same. Unload the containers, pick the bundles up, still using the steel cables, which is not a good idea because, well, I'm about to explain why. Put them in the cradle, break them down, use the crane to put them into the, the, the A-frames for display so that they could be shown and sold. So I'm a major up technician. I just get back from a job. I put my templates in the big rack, and I'm walking down this long corridor next to all the slabs and the crane, and I see this relatively experienced guy in the forklift, but a brand, brand new, probably like me, but actually he probably had as many days in the industry as I had had months at the time of my first experience and I remember as I walked, there was just this cognitive dissonance. I remember walking to my office like that, that, you know, that doesn't seem now I'm not a production manager. I'm not in charge of anything or anybody. I, what business is it of mine other than the new guy was the brother of a really good friend of mine who had just come to work there. And so I remember thinking, I got to bet that just seemed odd that they would have him at this stage of his, you know, training moving bundles and it was i'll never forget to this day it was a slab it was a a bundle of botticino marble 3cm and it was for a big huge commercial job but they were unloading these things breaking them down and then staging them and so i get down into my office i sit down on my chair i start processing the layout or whatever and all of a sudden i feel the ground i don't hear anything i just hear this rumble or i feel this rumble in the floor and i'm like oh i had been thinking about it I'll never forget, I bolt out of my office, down this hallway, I bolt out into the shop, and I hang a right to run back down that corridor next to the slabs, and I am thinking, Dan, which was the name of this young man, friend of my, the brother of my friend, I'm thinking, he's dead, because it was, it was, the ground shook, and I had to have been a hundred yards away at that point in the building, inside the offices, and I get there, and he's not dead, thank God, but that bundle of Botticino marble is of course mangled and that steel cradle and if you've seen these you probably have but it was super heavy duty tube steel kind of an l-shaped two l-shaped um, supports if you will that you would position and they leaned the bundles back and held them in place so that you could take the wood off the bundle and then you could you could maneuver the slabs individually the cradles are like crushed underneath this this big you know what used to be a bundle of slabs of Botticino. And once again, the owner comes out, and he was not happy. Um, I'll never forget his response, and it had nothing to do with our safety. It, was, it had everything to do with the cost of those slabs. And anyway, so that two times in the first five years, um, I had seen firsthand uh, either been a part of or, or had been near an instance where somebody standing in the wrong place would have been crushed, would have been killed. No question about it. And I just want to let that sink in. As we're moving slabs, those were bundles. But the same thing is true with slabs. And so, fellow fabricator, let this just... You probably have your own experiences. You probably have your own memories, your own recollections of near misses, close calls, where, boy, if someone had been standing in the wrong place at the wrong time, it would have ended really badly. And you know it does end badly for many people in our industry. We just need to keep this in mind. Now, here's five scenarios that occurred when I started my shop. In the 23 years that I owned my countertop business, I had five situations where had somebody been standing at the wrong place at the wrong time, they'd have been killed. Number one, we used to have to pick up our slabs. We had this old flatbed trailer. We had slab or an A-frame on it where we'd bring the slabs back, and then we would unload those with the forklift and bring them inside and cut them. We had a customer come out and wanted to see their slabs. We had three slabs. It was 2 cm, and we had just had this conversation 
about never moving two slabs at once and not leaning slabs out. Well, this we had a couple of guys, our, our guy that was in charge of the shop and the guy on the forklift, I think he was our sawyer at the time. And we had, this is like old, old school. This would have been like probably 1999, maybe 2000, maybe 2001 at the absolute latest. And we had an old blue scissor clamp on the end of this like kind of steel tube on the end of the forks that acted as our boom. And those guys, instead of moving the two slabs individually inside so that the customer could see the third slab, they had the bright idea of grabbing those two slabs that were face-to-face. No, they were back. They would have been back-to-back because they wanted to expose the third slab, so they would have been back-to-back. They put the scissor clamp down on those and then basically maneuvered the forklift to swing that boom out to lean those two slabs away so that the customer could stand and look at that third slab, kind of peer into the V, if you will, to see the third slab. Well, they tilted them too far. The tension came off the scissor clamp and on those pads, and the two slabs slip out from the clamp, literally with an employee standing on the trailer and a customer standing right there looking at the slab and those two slabs. I was not there. (laughs) This is just the recollection. I saw the aftermath. The two slabs instantaneously slip out of the clamp. They roll off the wheel well. They hit one of the employee's cars, takes the mirror off, and they crash into a zillion pieces. I just remember this because I had to call the customer and apologize. I felt like that was appropriate. And she was like oblivious. I, to this day, can remember her like, oh, I'm so sorry that those slabs broke. She had no idea that had she been standing maybe three feet closer within the shadow of those slabs, it had killed her. Two two cm slabs falling from a three foot you know tall a frame on a flatbed trailer. She'd have been killed. And my, I, it just it's shocking to me. So that was the first instance, and we had a change of policy, and a couple of employees nearly lost their jobs over that because we had just talked about it. The second occurrence happened. We were bringing some slabs in at our new shop. We had a forklift driver, and this is completely one hundred percent policy and decision making by owner. Yours truly. So we still had that old steel tube acting as our boom on our forklift with a scissor clamp on it bringing a slab of quartz inside too fast hit a little bump in the asphalt and it was just enough spring in that tube it was not a real boom which we immediately bought after this happened a little bit of spring relieved the tension the pads couldn't grip the slab and that slab fell down and i was there for that boom had that employee not had that employee been walking next to the slab, 50-50 chance that slab would have fallen down on him and probably crushed him. The slab didn't break, so the employee would have definitely broken in that instance. That's instance number two. 20, 23 years, five occurrences where slabs fell right next to an employee, and had they been in the wrong place at the wrong time, they would have died. I'm just admitting this. I hate to admit this. I am a process guy, and we had safety policies in place, but clearly... Um, well, they worked, I guess, in the sense that they guys were happy to be. But I know, hear me when I say this, I absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, myself included, employees, for whatever reason, were or felt like they had to or did have to momentarily step through the shadow of a slab to maneuver it, to get it into a rack, to get it out, to to, to shift it, what have you, and had a slab fallen out of the clamp in those instances we would have lost the life of, 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 a, of a human being. And so I shudder when I think of these close calls because there were so many other instances where we weren't following policy. And had that happened, somebody would have lost their life or at least could have. So there's the first two. Keep this in mind. So I, I think the first step in this is just confronting it and admitting it and getting comfortable with the discomfort 
of what it is we ask our employees to do and what it is in terms of the, the actual reality and the danger of this business. So the third instance occurred. We had the new boom, but we had an employee who did maintenance, came in at night and did maintenance for us. And he had the bright idea, good intentions. But, you know, on the bottom of a boom, you've got that shackle that has a nut on it, and that's what the hook is connected to, which is what is connected to the clamp. And we had a new clamp, and we had this, this, this huge job for the Oregon State Bar, the attorneys, this big building, and it was this brown 3CM marble. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I remember being in the shop. I was about 15 feet away talking about a job we were fabricating, and I heard the clunk. And I look over, and there's a slab on the ground momentarily suspended with the soil you're standing there with kind of this, like, moment of indecision and I'll, I remember screaming immediately let it go I screamed out let it go and he stepped back and that slab of brown marble fell away from the saw table and just hit the ground because slap hit the water and it broke into a zillion pieces but that employee was thinking about trying to save the slab it's understandable I think it's a an involuntary reaction we know the cost the idea is to get the slab safely onto the saw table and if the slab is in danger, I think people gravitate by default without thinking to try and save the slab because they're expensive and perhaps they feel like their job depends upon it. And maybe that's just human nature to try and save something from breaking. Now, maybe he would have got out of the way. It wasn't a super huge slab, but it would have it crushed him. He would have been severely injured if not killed when that thing fell over. But what we discovered, how did that happen? It wasn't that the slab fell out of the clamp. It was that the clamp came off the boom. And what we discovered was we had an employee who thought they were doing something well. They, were, they thought they were doing something to help to improve things, but he had taken some wire in the interest of trying to prevent that nut from backing off those threads with that shackle. He had wired that, but what he didn't realize what he had done is he had wired the ability of that shackle to move independently and spin 360 degrees, you know, that nut is, it allows it to spin in that space so you can turn the slab and move it without unscrewing the nut that kept it on. What ended up happening was it unscrewed the nut. That wire tied, basically prevented the, the, the shackle from spinning and it, and it just basically unscrewed the nut. We didn't see it. So bad on us. Number one, for not having a policy for checking that. Number two, for having an employee that, that did that. Again, that would have been 100% my responsibility. And, I, and I, it just, it makes me anxious just recounting the story. But I'm going to tell you two more just so I can get this out of my system and, and you can know that you're not alone with these close calls and near misses and, and quite frankly, near-death experiences. So two more. A few years later, I happened to be out running the saw and I had headphones or I had earbuds in. And we were shorthanded, so I was out there running the bridge saw. And we had guys bringing slabs, and we had a slab delivery, the slab supplier. I remember owner of the company or the co-owner of this slab supplier was there maneuvering the clamp so that our guys, our op forklift operator, could pick the slab up off the, you know, off, the, off the rig and bring it inside. And I'm standing there at the saw, and all of a sudden I feel the ground move. But I didn't hear anything. Again, very odd. And I remember thinking, I was just like perplexed. What was that? And the big bay door was wide open, but because of the way the saw was oriented, it was on like the far side of the saw. So you had the 10-foot saw table, and then you had like the three feet of space, and then you had the big wall that the gantry ran on, the tracks were on the top of that. I couldn't see over that. I couldn't see anything. I just said, it was like, what was that? So I stop, and I walk around the edge of the slab, and oh my gosh, there's an employee standing there with that dumbfounded look on his face. There is a slab and many pieces. I still to this day remember it was Giallo Cristal Antiqued. And there was the smiley face chunk of granite in the granite clamp. So nobody had done anything wrong, 
perhaps except for the, you know, maybe the slab supplier should have been inspecting that, but, you know, it's antique, so it's harder to see those fissures in those veins. That material had veins and fissures in it anyway. Really, no fault of anybody's. This is just something that's going to happen. Well, had that employee been standing in the shadow of that slab, he most likely would have been crushed if it had fallen the right way. He, thank God, had been following instructions, had stiff-armed the slab, and was standing on the very end of it. The forklift operator was mouth open like, oh, my gosh. The, the guy standing there was like, I almost just died. And the guy on the truck, the owner of the slab supplier, was like, oh, my gosh, because he saw the smiley face in the clamp and, and connected the dots that, <gasps> I should have seen that. And someone almost just died, like literally, feet, inches, the grace of God. <laughs> what was separating that bike from standing in the wrong place at the wrong time and being crushed by that slab? So that was the fourth instance. The fifth was very similar to it. New shop, weren't bringing slabs in with the forklift anymore. We had a beautiful operation, a big crane. The suppliers could back inside. We could shut the door so that we weren't standing out in the pouring down rain, and we had the crane to lift the slabs off. I wasn't there for this, but I heard about it because <laughs> it was memorable. Everybody, it was impressed upon everybody. Same thing, moving a slab. The guys, the two guys moving the slab, thankfully, were standing at the end, and a slab broke out of the clamp. It was another smiley face situation. They lifted the slab up off the layout tables. And we're putting it in the rack, and the thing dropped out of the clamp, like two, three inches. You know, it probably wasn't more than maybe maybe four or five inches off the ground. Slam! Same thing. Now, this is what's interesting. The same employee that I had screamed at like 10 years, maybe seven years prior to let go of the brown marble slab, he was the one standing there with another employee, and he said the same thing. Let it go. Thing teetered there for a nanosecond and then went over and busted into a zillion pieces. And once again, there was that smiley face piece of granite in the clamp. Nobody had done anything wrong. Thankfully, in this case, both employees were following protocols to not be in the shadow of the slab, to be standing at arm's length. They used to call it stiff arm. Just like in football, you run in a stiff arm. You put your your arm out straight, lock your elbow, and put your palm on the end of the slab and let the slab push you around. Don't get any closer to that because if that thing drops, you, you can't get out of it. It happens so fast. The stone is so heavy. It's not possible. And I'm speaking to the choir here, fellow fabricator. You know this. Stone shop owner, you know the risk that your employees are at out in the shop moving these slabs. They could, everybody could be doing everything right. And if that slab has a vein or a fissure where that clamp is at, it can drop out at any time. And no one has the reflexes to get out of the way. It's going to take a foot off or it's going to kill somebody. So those are the five situations that occurred handling slabs in my own shop over 23 years, and I'm just so grateful. I'm, I'm unnerved recounting it. It seems like, what were the odds? How close did we come? How close did somebody else come to being killed? Working for me to put a countertop in, to get a slab off a truck, to get a slab into a rack, to move a slab so a customer could see it, whatever the situation was. Relatively insignificant work in light of the potential loss of life. And so if you're not... <laughs> unnerved by this yet i hope I, I something might be wrong but i hope that this just gives you a moment to pause we're going to continue like i said i've got a couple of interviews lined up relating to silicosis and silica exposure and the super high content that quartz has i didn't know this and the idea that water isn't necessarily sufficient keeping the dust down that those quartz I'm sorry, that silica particle can get into that airborne water and actually still make it into your lungs and still cause silicosis. It makes me really uncomfortable because I know most of the guys are still working at the shop that I used to work for. So this is something we got to deal with. We got to talk about it. We got to confront it. And so fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, 
It may be time to revisit the policies. It may be time to have a safety meeting. It may be time to remind your most experienced individuals you got to pay attention. It's time for an update. It's time for a reminder. They say that the people with the most experience are the most likely to take a shortcut and are the most likely to actually be injured or killed in a workplace accident. And I would, I would just logically, that seems so spot on. How many times did I move through the shadow of a slab like, oh, I should probably walk around this, but I'm busy. I'll just walk past the slab to get to the other end so I can maneuver it or guide it into the rack. A zillion times, meaning more times I could possibly count. I violated what I knew to be protocols that I demanded my employees follow, but I didn't obey them in the interest of time. Uh, I'm so experienced, it's not likely to happen to me. Well, apparently that is what leads people to make shortcuts or take shortcuts that leads to tragic ends. Not a near-death experience, but an actual death experience. We had this happen at a slab supplier about two years ago. Guy was moving slabs by himself in the building, picked up two slabs. The crane was not positioned directly above where the slabs would be when they were vertical. It was a little bit offset. So when the tension on the chain hit, it jerked those slabs off the lean that they were on against the individual, and he was killed basically instantly. Moving a couple of slabs, of course, it can happen so fast, fellow fabricators. So I hope that you, I'm not going to say I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you're still listening. I hope that this is a good reminder. I hope that this uh, uh, is a catalyst for you to reflect. I'm not going to do any ads, no sponsorships, no mentions of anything. Just pure safety focus. So fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, will you consider this? Will you let this sink in? Will you let that discomfort move you to focus on safety. There's really three aspects of safety. There is the material handling on the front end, transporting and handling, staging the full slabs. That's when you're going to get killed. There is the silica exposure that happens during cutting and fabrication and polishing and, quite frankly, installation. Now, studies are showing people are dying. In fact, in Australia, I just found this out. I'm getting ahead of myself for the interview we're going to do. I believe that it is illegal to dry cut in Australia. You cannot dry cut quartz in Australia now because they have recognized it as being so dangerous and so detrimental to the health of the employees. And it's coming. The fact is, I got another interview that we're doing. You're going to hear about what OSHA is is doing right now in terms of the radically lowered exposure levels or the the what they're calling acceptable levels of exposure they are dramatically reducing those to the point where it's going to be a challenge to meet them it's in the interest of the safety of the individuals out there working with the stone and then you've got the backside you got the lifting the material handling of the countertops once they are fabricated on an installation setting a lot of it very few people <laughs> i'm aware of are killed during installation thousands upon thousands upon thousands of installers become former installers with lifelong debilitating injuries that occur due to the cumulative effect of lifting a million plus pounds a year in the interest of getting those countertops installed. And so, fellow fabricator, let's lean into it. Let's embrace it. Let's... um, Let's be composed in discomfort and lean into this topic of safety over the next few episodes. I don't think you're going to enjoy it, but I think it's going to be worth it. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure you tune into the next episode. Until then, safe fabricating.